to the Insurance Town Podcast. I'm so glad that you are hanging out with us. It is 2024. Crazy that we're here. I am excited you're hanging out with us today as I got my good friend Adam Bo coming to hang out with us from Cake. Obviously, I love cake. Obviously, we're going to have a cake draft. Obviously, this is going to be a fun episode. Obviously, I'm excited that you're here. So let me uh, get to uh, the episode uh, and I'm so thankful for my sponsors in uh, Smart Choice, in Canopy Connect, in Manscaped, Old School Marketing. I've got some new sponsorships coming available. I can't wait to tell you about as we get into 2024. Smart Choice is a network of over 9,700 independent agencies and over 120 carriers. Their agency partners represent more than 11 b- 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 billion with a B in written premiums. They are the fastest-growing agency network for a reason. Their agency-friendly contract puts agency partners first. Not last, not second, but first. Grow your book of business, increase your revenue, and be able to put your own clients first by partnering with Smart Choice. You you can't get any better than that. Uh, flawless. Nailed that one. <laughs> Good job, Smart Choice. Thank you so much. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Guys, also, my friends over at Canopy Connect, I couldn't do this episode without them. One-click solution to getting those deck pages, loss runs, driver list, uh, vehicle list, everything you need to quote your prospects and make their customer journey that much better, make your agency that much better. No more second-guessing, no more guessing, no more following up 100 times to get the answers to your questions. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and check it out you're going to want to make sure you get that discount make sure you get that demo make sure you do all the things i love my friend toga and his crew over there at canopy connect now guys i can't wait for you to check out this episode where we talk all things uh mergers acquisitions books of business cake we do a cake draft you want to hear about this brand new platform um, and how you can be involved whether you're looking to sell or not there's some free resources out there that you can use can't wait for you to check out this episode with my good friend, Adam Bo. Adam, what's going on, brother? How are you? Man, I am happy to be here. Uh, it's going yeah, really brother. well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I, I love it, man. And I'm so glad you're able to to jump in with me and hang out. I mean, I've been following what's going on. I've seen you at conferences. And obviously, you guys are making a splash a lot of conferences. People want to know, what's cake? What is this? You got great gear. Everything going on, I know it's been several months now, so I wanted to see now that a little bit not dust settling because you're always in that mode, yeah, startup yeah. mode. But, you know, how's that been? The conference circuit and all that kind of stuff. Has it been cool? Has it been, you know, exhausting? Has it been yeah. life-changing? What's been going on, man? Yeah, no, it's been cool. Uh, it's been uh, a little exhausting. But, no, it's, it's uh, you know, I think one of the cool things about uh, this industry in particular is the value that people place on in-person yeah. interactions, right? Like just last week, um, I was at the Indium holiday party. Uh, we were, uh, so in Columbus and, and when I get there, man, it's every agent that I've connected with on LinkedIn, right? There's a, there's a couple hubs within the spot. So, you know, ITC was awesome in Vegas, lots of activity there. Uh, yeah. but then, you know, you got stuff happening in Columbus, you got stuff happening in Raleigh with one-on-one Western labs. Um, so it's been, it's been amazing just being able to indie tech and indie, um, yeah. Just being able to like talk face to face with agents. Uh, I'm a I'm an extrovert, so I get my energy from 
shaking hands and rubbing elbows. And yeah, uh, there's still a lot of that happening in this industry, which is really cool. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about this industry. It's what's kept me in it for 22 years now, and I, I just I couldn't I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, I love the the opportunity to have those real relationships. You know, even during COVID, still being able to have those relationships and everybody finding ways to still connect, whether it's the Zoom or webinars or this or that. And I'm really glad that we have such a a family driven, so to speak, industry where everybody loves everybody, everybody's friendly. Even in competition, I think it's cool to see. Yeah, man, that People was get uh, together. Yeah, we were. We'll get into to to meet yeah. and end of the industry, but uh, you know, I came outside in, and my my interpretation of an independent agent with another independent agent was that you guys are directly competing, and so not a lot of friends in this space, right? But man, when you like when you see the collaboration and the oh, friendship yeah. and and family is a good way to describe it because like family. Yeah you can have some tussles right with, with family, but it's all love. And uh, there's a lot of that in this industry. So it's pretty intoxicating. It really is. Yeah. And it's just gotten even more and more intense over the last years. And you're right. There is that tussle. There is some of that, but at the same time, there's agents that want to see other people succeed and they want to see their brother do well, their sister do well, or their cousin or whatever it might be. And so it is cool to see that, but you know, you brought up coming in from the outside. I'd love to take a walk down memory lane. Won't you tell me a little bit Mm -hmm. about where you came from? And then, um, you know, tell me how you got to where you are now, Adam. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you touched on, like, our brand and our gear, right? Uh, so I'll, I'll flash it all the way back to my first job out of college, which was in uh, – my, my whole career has been in manufacturing previously. And uh, the first job was at Big Ass Fans, uh, which is they sell uh, really big fans, right? And it was really, it was really formative for me that that time period seeing that brand because originally it was the HVLS fan company, which is kind of the scientific name for those fans, high volume, low speed, right? Uh, but then it was selling to dairy farmers in Kentucky, where I'm from, and dairy farmers are pretty straight to the point. So they'd call and they say, "Hey, are y'all the those folks that sell them big ass fans?" And we were like, "Yeah, we are." And man, going to like SEMA and like some of the the big manufacturing shows where they'd have like the most bleeding edge technology out there, they would be begging people to stop by their booth and we'd have a line out the door just to get a t-shirt with big ass fans on it. So I, I'm addicted to fun brand names and, and kind of owning who you are. Right. And, and not, you know, making sure that you're saying you're ABC corporation, right? Like bring a little personality to it. And I think that's what we've done. Um, and then, you know, after that kind of another uh, formative piece, I worked at a company called Zometry with my co-founder um, and it was an on-demand manufacturing uh, uh, platform. So we connected NASA, SpaceX, BMW, also just folks that wanted prototypes made with manufacturers all across the country. So it was US-based manufacturing really helping to like reshore that. But it wasn't like, huge production shops right it's okay. one man shops 50 man shops 20 man shops that could do the work of a nasa a spacex a bmw but they didn't have like the website or the presence to kind of announce that right so we got to connect them and open up those opportunities build really interesting fintech products that circled around that specific transaction yeah. uh we'll kind of get into why i think that's that's interesting but bringing like boutique fintech solutions to uh, an industry and making sure you 
you you convert them so that they're targeting those specific pain points. Um, but that that's really where my marketplace experience, which is what we built at Cake, and also the the love of like supporting small uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, right? I view them as entrepreneurs because they've really they've created something from nothing, and allowing them to have access to the types of tools that you know, PE or VC backed, uh, entrepreneurs that, that, you know, get a lot of love in the Valley, uh, bringing those tools to the main street entrepreneurs is, is something that is, I'm really passionate about. So there was, while it was manufacturing, there was actually a lot of, of parallels, um, with insurance. You know, one thing I like to say is, uh, did your parents or did your grandparents own a manufacturing shop or an insurance agency? Uh, yeah. Because ultimately, it, to me, there seems like there's a lot of the same people in those two industries. Yeah, uh, it's just dependent on kind of you know what they were introduced to first. Uh, so I feel at home in the industry uh, so far. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, I love to hear where you're coming from, and I've seen. You know, I didn't realize it was you know starting farming, but I've seen those big ass fans in like restaurants and bars and whatnot. Yeah. You'll see them there and. You know, I was up there was super cool. I have some friends of mine in the uh, in the fan space, but you know those those are interesting fans. And so I could imagine, you know, the once that name was out there, that the marketing ideas and the the things like that had to have been cool, especially like oh, t shirts, and it was probably pretty fun. What my first job, we we won't spend too much time on it, but my first job was cold calling for big ass fans. So they dropped yeah. me in Dallas, and I I'd like, yeah. Google Maps and industrial park, you know, to 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 figure out the the spots to hit, and we had these little foam donkeys. Uh, yeah, Fanny. The the our mascot was called Fanny. We had these foam donkeys that said "Big Ass Fans" on them, and uh, I figured out pretty quick that you couldn't get past a receptionist. You know, it was really hard, and so yeah. I'd walk up and I'd have a donkey kind of behind my back, and I'd say, "Hey, is Jim in?" You know, I really I'd I'd like to have a meeting with him, and she'd be like, "No, he's busy," and I'd be like, "Dang, man." He was uh, he was supposed to squeeze my ass today, and I'd pull up the phone donkey, you know, and uh, and man, like receptionists would like immediately would, like, they start laughing, dude. It shocked them, and like I would get so many meetings just like being fun like that, you know. Yeah, of course. Brand and now it, you know, sometimes uh, we ended up having to create the no ass package because not everybody loved that kind of crass humor, but for the most part, a lot of people did. So you know, kind of thinking about different ways to to yeah. try to break through. Right. It, it was fun. So that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I love that. And so that you come from that, that kind of background and the cold calling, there's a lot of the similarities there in the insurance industry as well. And, you know, being able to understand that, that's probably give you a little leg up and, and jumping into this space. And so I, I can only imagine and I can only dream and think of why and how you came up. You know, obviously you mentioned loving, you know, unique names and being able to have some fun with it. But the name of Cake, and I'm sure you've answered this question 6,000 times. If you yeah. want to gloss over it, we can uh, we can just edit this part out. But just a quick high level, the, the name Cake, I'm guessing, I, I, I guess I know why, but I'd love for you to tell the story if you don't yeah. mind. If not, couple- I can edit it out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, a couple of ways. So, I mean, like, you know, I don't know, you always are, it's hard to like pinpoint the exact moment, but like what we were circling around were like two concepts is one, I looked at a book of business. So when I was like exposed to M&A uh, within insurance, right, 
you see that uh, it happens a lot in the the kind of top of the market, right? $10 million and plus agencies, Hub, AccuSure, NFP, all those folks yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. buying lots of big folks, right? And yeah. so, and and it's not as, as accessible within, you know, kind of the medium to small to micro agencies. Right. So I was, I was digging at that. And then I started looking at a book of business and I was like, okay, this thing actually lends itself to slicing and dicing. So basically like a carrier book or a line of business or yeah. like a type of policy or a state, right? Like you can kind of cut this thing horizontal, vertically or vertically or horizontal um, so there's this slice concept, right? And then through slices, there's this concept of have your cake or eat, and eat it too. So what I saw was that the only option for agents when they wanted to access liquidity that they've built in their book is that you got to sell the whole thing, right? right? And then you have an entrepreneur who's now working for someone else or forced yep. into retirement, right? Yep. And so I was like, well, man, if you could slice it, and sell a piece of it and then keep the rest, right? You get to have your cake and eat it too, which we've actually got trademarked in the insurance space. Um, so there was, you know, that kind of phrasing, right? And then there's yeah. slices of cake. And 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 so, we, you know, there was a couple iterations of this, but that, that's ultimately like what kind of drove us down uh, the, the cake, uh, the cake name. I love path. it. Yeah, I think it's great. When I first saw you guys, I forget which trade show. I've seen you in a couple of different ones. I really thought, man, that is just genius. And I, you know, because you're right. A lot of people don't think about that. They think of when you sell your book or when you buy your book, you got to buy the whole damn thing. I mean, they just mm -hmm. think you got to gobble it all up. You got to eat the whole cake. It, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, you've got to take it all. And you got to yep. take the warts and all. But you're right, you know. And first I thought about this, I heard about this, was, um, you know, you're new to the space, but even having – like a lot of these captive agencies or exclusive agencies, like maybe it's farmers, maybe it's nationwide. They would have their nationwide book, but they'd also have this book of ENS over here or this mm -hmm. other book of brokered business that didn't fit with their captive or their exclusive. And sometimes you could sell that piece off. And so I would hear of that. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I guess you can do that. And then I'd get into, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been in this space for 20 something years and I would hear people like I bought a farmer, a farming book from such and such, or I bought, a a book of restaurant business from such and such or whatever and i was like huh i never thought about just buying this or yeah you know um we're losing our auto owners contract so we we're gonna sell it off here you know instead mm -hmm. of having to remarket the whole book and you know so it's interesting to hear about the slicing and think about it from a, a slicing standpoint and from a cake standpoint so you're right i think that's a really clever name a really cool opportunity and i've also you know i've sold two books of businesses but Mine was complete, you know, complete sales, yeah. you know, um, and also purchased a book of business. Same thing. Just bought the whole thing. So I never I never thought about it from that perspective, really. I mean, I did, but cake's a great name. Well, if you think about it, too, like it, it all comes back to, you know, I, I think that uh, anybody that has like the guts to start something new, right? Like they are smart, strategic business people. Yeah. And so. I want to give them the strategic flexibility to build the book that they want to uh, kind of grow over time and, and yeah. focus on those niches. Right. But also look at like, um, you know, I think it's a win, win, win situation because like, if you got 
kind of a, a, a you know a main street agency you know you you cover a little bit of everything right you might have a best friend who's in commercial trucking right they got like a trucking business well that's like the the commissions on that are juicy but the servicing on that can be complex right yep. and so you can get suckered into the commissions and really when you're looking at your PL, you're like man i'm spending a bunch of time sending a certificate of insurance and you know all that kind of stuff where you've got someone down the street who almost exclusively flip focuses on commercial trucking right so what happens is you get really like great liquidity you get cash for that that agency that focuses on it gets to grow their niche and ultimately the end user probably gets better service and better rates because that person's got a bigger commercial trucking book, right? And so it's about that flexibility and control for them to view their their book and their agency strategically. Um, but it's interesting because marketplaces don't change user behavior at the start. You look at Uber, they were just a fancier, you know, potentially safer way to taxi, right? But it just had, it was just a gloss over the taxi experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But now I can do Uber Eats, I can get you know, convenience store stuff. I can get my groceries, right? They're, they you stack know. on a lot of different experiences there. And so, you know, with Cake, there's this really big wave of folks that have that are, you know, reaching retirement age that need and, and have to have their hard work honored and valued uh, because, you know, largely this is the asset that they're going to retire on. So you're likely going to see more full book transactions over the short term because you've got a big group of folks yeah. that are retiring. But even in that scenario where it's a full book transaction, you could maximize the value of the slices that you have within your book by selling potentially to multiple buyers. So it, it, it doesn't lock you out of that fractional transaction, but largely what we think we'll see over and what has played out post-launch is folks listing full books and, you know, kind of single buyers, maybe two buyers. Right. Um, but we think that there's going to be this trend of agencies that start to view it a little bit more strategically and slice and dice and have more frequent fractional transactions. Yeah. As you say that, do you think it, you'll see from a seller standpoint, do you think that there might be even, and again, I hate to say it this way, but even more money to be made by slicing and dicing it to be able to say, you know, if I sell, let's say I had a large book of business, I had four or five trucking agents, I had two or three that did restaurants, four mm -hmm. or five that were personal lines. You think they could, you know, maybe get, you know, three times over here, maybe four times for personal lines because the crazy book right now and it's, you know, rates are rising. Then over here, restaurants is a little bit struggling. Maybe you only get two points on that, or maybe you get this. Do you see maybe something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it's very like uh, situation specific, but that that situation's real, right? And, yeah, and I think like the the core, like one of the core pieces of this, I think, is the flexibility to to uh, like slow ramp into retirement. So the moment your book is the largest, like right when you're working at the hardest and it's growing that's the most valuable your book is, right? Yeah. And a lot of times what happens, especially if we're looking at folks that are in that retirement cohort, right? Is that they slow down and they they say, hey, I'm going to retire in five years, but they start, you know, not working it as hard, not cold calling it 100%. as hard, not growing it, right? 
And so as it trends down, you, you know, your max value was, was a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Right. Well, what if you could say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sell all my commercial lines. Right. And just stick with my core personal lines, like the people that aren't going to shop me. Right. So five years before retirement, I maximize the value of that piece of my business. Well, yeah, you cherry pick your own book, cherry pick your own book. Yeah. But then keep my core, my, my core cornerstone. Right. And then when it's time to retire, I got that, that cornerstone group that I can strategically place and say, Hey, look, this is really valuable because I'm going to handle personally these folks there. I'm going to introduce you. There's not going to be a lot of churn because we're going to have a real clean pass off of, of that relationship. Right. And so it's a staged retirement. So I think there's a couple different ways that you can maximize value by looking at a slices, but then there will be cases where the, the core, the full book, right. And one buyer and having a transaction there, that's your maximum value. So I'm not saying that slices is right all the time, but it's another feather, another arrow in the, you know, in the, um, in the satchel for them to have for that strategy to maximize their value. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, yeah, there's so many different ways of looking at it. As you were talking, I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, there's a lot of those agency owners out there that might, like you just said, they might be at that place where it's like, I really don't want to retire yet, but I don't want to deal with commercial anymore. I don't want to deal with personal lines anymore or really like the trucking aspect to bring up your point earlier, Mm -hmm. or, I had a niche in, in contractors. Maybe they just want to stick with that. Maybe you could find someone, call them up and say, hey, John Doe, I, I would love to sell you my entire book, but carve out this piece for me. Yeah. Let me keep my you know, my contractor book, and you can have all the, the other $2.5 million revenue. Let me keep this million in revenue or whatever. And you can work out deals like that. Yeah. And to, to you, you're hitting at something that's about to launch on cake. So don't call them up, uh, come to cake because what we've got so far, um, is that we've, we, right now sellers can list on the platform and buyers can view those listings and then engage with the seller and start to negotiate and go through that transaction. Um, one of the things we've heard from our buyers is that, you know, they'd also, and, and just like not only heard, but observed is that we don't want to remove the the personal or the relationship aspect of this transaction. So we're very soon in January, we'll have buyer profiles on the platform where buyers are able to say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And buyers are looking for a lot of different things. I think like the old adage in insurance is if you've met one independent agent, you've met one way to run an independent agency. Everyone runs them a little different, right? And yeah. so buyers are able to to say, this is what I'm looking for. And sellers can can start to contact them and and hash out before listing, right? So you can you can actually flip it on its head and, and, and uh, negotiate directly with the buyer. Um, and on the buy side, I think that fractional, you know, if we we've been talking sellers, but from the buyer's perspective, it's interesting in two ways. I, I like two examples are um one. Uh, you've got, and sorry for the the reactions. My my MacBook updated. I don't know if this will be on video anywhere, but uh, if you see I my, it. I was just, my, I thought it was cool. Yeah, my balloons or my thumbs up. Um, but if you look at a buyer, so they're they used to be a captive agency that crushed personal lines, right? They're five yeah. to six years into their their independent career, 
and they've kind of maximized their growth on the personal line side and they want to get into commercial, but they haven't done that before. Right. So difficult to get the appointments with carriers or to get the product or market access there. So I buy a a slice of commercial lines to test that out. Right. I dip my toe in and give myself something to build on. Um, The flip side is if I'm an agency and I acquire another agency, I may be trying to acquire 80% of that book, right? Well, instead of just like letting that die or letting that sit on my my book and not really having a great person to to work it or service it, um, I could still buy that agency, flip it around and sell that 20% to recoup some of that cash, right? And so it provides flexibility on both sides. But, you know, um, I, I think it's it's interesting to be able to say, for the buy side, I, that those types yeah. of tools, one, we want to always open up access to the 84% of agencies that make less than $1.25 million a year in ARR that have largely been locked out of M&A. And so through the sell side, right, we allow you to, to list your full book or fractional. But on the buy side, fractional lowers the, the total cost of that uh, that yeah. that acquisition, you still get a good multiple, but it lowers the total outlay of cash that you have to have. And so now, man, that $2 million agency that's looking to grow, that $3 million agency that's looking to grow, they can actually play on the acquisition side and copy the inorganic growth strategies that we've seen from Hub, AccuSure, you know, NFP, who big news yesterday from them. But, you know, those folks... It to, to grow their business. Not all the agents are, are in that 66 and over cohort that's heading towards retirement. We've got some real young guns in the, yeah, in the for space sure. that are looking to grow. Yeah. And so, so many things I want to unpack here on that. I'll start with, you know, the idea I'm a big niche guy and I, you know, I travel and I talk about building niches and uh, becoming the mayor of your town. And I, and I had this conversation a lot and I wish I would have had, you know, this thought process of when I did get into my niche of contractors, HVAC contractors, or in restaurants or in churches or whatnot, I could have went out and bought a slice of business to be able mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm seeing some traction. I've written 10 or 12 restaurants, but I know I need about 100 to really get my share in the market. I could have went out to Cake, so to speak, or somewhere like that, that I knew where I could go, and I could have purchased yeah. 100 more clients or you know, a couple hundred thousand in premium or whatever it might've been to be able to have that behind me to say, okay, now I can go to a carrier and say, Hey, I've got this book or I can go to my clients and say, Hey, I've got an expertise. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've got some people behind me here uh, or maybe I needed a producer. So I buy their book of business and say, Hey, I'm going to bring, but there's a lot of different ways. So do you see that as part of the strategy? Guys, you've got to uh, take care of your grooming needs and uh, make sure that you look good, feel good. Uh, and you can go to manscaped.com. Check out all of their products. They've got the handyman now. Um, they've had the lawnmower. They've had the weed whacker. They, they've had the beard hedger pro. Uh, they just keep coming out with brand new products and cool products and great ideas. And now they've got the handyman. That's just a personal size travel size razor that you can throw in your bag and it's electric. It's got the uh, the magnetic. It's got the this. It doesn't pull. Uh, it's got a great charging mechanism. It, it's got the green, red, yellow light, so you don't just run out half through your face. You gotta go to manscape.com. Scroll to the bottom. Uh, hit the the keyword or the the 
the the discount code mayor for 20% off plus free shipping. Guys, also my friends over at Old School Marketing. That's O-L-D-E, School Marketing. Um, they are doing some awesome things with direct mail pieces. Rusty and his friends over there are um, handwritten notes, handwritten envelopes, opportunities for you uh, to make yourself different and set apart from your competition. OLDEschoolmarketing.com. Go check it out. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I do. Uh, honestly, I think that's where the the industry's heading as a whole. Is that, yeah, I completely you know, agree. You, yeah, you you look at you know. I, I think it's really funny, um, and and I've been you know real uh, passionate about making sure that we are distinguished from kind of the insure techs uh, of like five ten years ago because they would launch and say independent agents are dinosaurs they're a thing of the past right we're going direct to consumers right and they got their ass kicked and and you see how that went for them right but so independent agents are are core to this industry uh the agents themselves the producers right like that those that that expertise is so important and i think what you're going to see is that you find folks that find a channel find a niche and become that regional that state expert right? That is, that's their niche and they hammer it. And, and this, this platform is built to provide that flexibility and that strategic optionality on how you kind of focus on um, how you focus on the niche. So I do, that's, uh, I do think that. And then on the producer side right now, that's like off platform, right? You'd have to like work that into your, your, um, your agreement uh, for, for buying the book. But I do think the talent uh, exchange is really interesting because, um, you know, one of the things I love about this industry is that if you, if an insure tech comes and says, I'm going to make you more efficient so you can fire some of your staff and run it on this platform, no one's buying that technology, right? Right. right, Because agents view their staff as family. If you say, I'm going to make your staff more efficient and more effective so that they can upskill and grow. Right. That's yep. going to work. And so if you're able to say, hey, I need to sell, right, this piece. And a lot of times when we were talking about them holding on for too long, it's because of the love of their staff. So if I'm going to say I need this piece, but I'm going to give, you know, now I've got a great home for this fantastic producer to go and run that book. That That's a really compelling uh, situation for both the agency owner the new, you know, agency that's taken on that book and that producer that gets to, you know, join an agency at a different growth stage, right? A hundred percent. But then also the same vein, you know, a lot of people have a hard time right now in the industry of of attracting talent. Let's Mm -hmm. say that you say, okay, I'm going to bring, you know, Adam, I'm going to bring you into the agency and I'm going to give you a million dollar book of business that I just purchased, you know, or you go out and find it. Hey, I need to go on cake. You know, got this play. I don't know the platform yet. You're about to tell me, but you know, hey, I'm looking for a million dollar revenue book of business to purchase at this valuation or at this mark, whatever. Then I could go to Adam, like, hey, I've already got the book for you. All you have to do is maintain this book and grow it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you spend whatever that is for that book of business. Bada bing, I feel like it's a way to, I mean, it sounds too easy to be, or, you know, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, but, yeah too good to be true but still at the same time it could be a way to attract new talent yeah i think there's a 
there, dude, there's there's so many uh, like kind of lead on Use effects cases, that yeah. could happen, right? And I think you know where we're at is saying, look, we we we're new, right? And we've got a lot of work to do to to get our name out there and make sure that we're uh, we are the choice for this. We think that we've built a platform that has the most control, the most functionality, the the easiest and um, like kind of least friction transaction. Um, but 2024 for us is. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of, uh, if you meet one agency, you've, you've met one agency, you know, and so you've got to find a lot of the sellers to find, yep. you know, the, the right strategic fit for a lot of the buyers that have come to us. So we've got, you know, we've got a way to, to go on the growth side, but so far, man, the, the reaction has been really strong and, and, uh, we've seen, you know, really, really good growth over this quarter. We launched in September, you know, kind of wrapping up 2023, but we view 2024 as like, hey man, but we need, we're going to go out and get all the agents, right? We want to, we want to be able to say on the buy side, if you're looking for something on the sell side, we can help you. Um, but then even core, I think what's happened is that you see a lot of the data that gets published um, on this space, right? Is these uh, Gallagher transactions or hub transactions. It's the hundred million dollar books that, that sell. Right. And, and that's like me trying to use Amazon cause they're a marketplace as my like valuation metric. And the, the, the agencies transacting kind of in the, the lower, you know, the medium, small micro agency that's largely been private transactions. So there's not a lot of like anchoring data on what my book's worth or, what you know what what policies or or what lines of businesses are driving the value of my agency um and so we think we can help with that we we're we're edging towards kind of a zillow experience right we have our book valuation tool that gives you a free valuation but uh it's it's kind of a, a snapshot look um well we're uh, we're about to launch a a more of a track that value over time insights and analytics that will hit kind of early February, a more robust experience. And it's it's a little bit more like the Zillow, like what's my book worth over time? What are like the that. comps, right? Like what are the things I'm doing that's increasing value? What are the things that I'm doing that I'm not being as efficient or effective in comparatively to you know my my comp my comps. Um, and so I think just empowering agents with that type of knowledge to understand yeah. what's driving value and, and what potentially is hurting their value, uh, it gives them a new look at how to strategically run this thing. Agreed. Uh, now, my other thing is, and I got, again, more things. I keep writing down more things I want to talk to you yeah, about. But yeah. Could this end up being something like the stock market, like buy, sell, and trading? Yeah. I mean, we, I, you immediately had a reaction. I was going to keep going, but you had a reaction. So go ahead. Yeah, we talk about that. Um, again, that, I think that's like, an interesting play. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, that's a long-term view, right? Like of of what a trading desk experience looks like, right? Um, but I think that, that you know, we've, we've got a, we've got a root there. We've got to see, uh, I try to, I try to maintain flexible or like be flexible. Like we've got a roadmap and we've got a vision for what this thing is. But I'm also like incredibly passionate about the only tools, the only technology that works are the ones that form themselves to the target audience to solve the unique pain points. And I'm not an insurance agency owner. We've surrounded ourselves with, 
you know, uh, a good agent council of, uh, you know, of advisory council. We've got, you know, great investors that are, are insurance focused, right? Um, and some of those are are the agents themselves as well. So I'm a sponge right now soaking up that that information. But I think we've got a lot to see on what are the pain points that agents are experiencing and do they want that technology? But yeah, it could head in that direction. I, I love the vision that you jumped to because that's something we talk about in the you know the two, the three year vision of what this thing could grow into. Yeah, I, I'm sitting there thinking as you talk about earlier, you know, that prime time to be able to sell and buy and whatnot to be able to say, okay, I can buy this book, hang on to it, have somebody work it for two or three years. And then when the market's at a certain place, when money's flowing and things are good, then bam, let's sell this and buy another one and do this. And yeah, I, I just think there's a big opportunity out there. It's an interesting play on it. I don't, I'm not saying I like it necessarily, but I do think it's a play that could happen. Yeah. People could get into that. So interesting thoughts there. Um, Man, I, I just, I think it's, it's crazy. So my, my thoughts or my, uh, my next question, I guess would be, okay. So talk to me a little bit about, okay. First of all, let's get into for a minute before we get too deep in this cake as, as a company, is it a platform mm-hmm. to help get people to buy and sell or do y'all do consulting or do y'all do this? Uh, do y'all provide the lending? Do y'all provide the, what, what is cake exactly? Yeah, so we're we're a marketplace. So we we connect okay. buyers and sellers, right? And uh, while we do not provide the consulting, we do have strategic partners that are plugged into the platform. Uh, we we announced in September Agency Focus and Carrie Wallace, yeah. uh, love who her, are just yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal folks, uh, and really like the the experts in in agency valuation and yeah. strategic, right? So Carrie and and her team. Um, are a service available to to our sellers or our buyers looking for strategic advice, right? Um, now we do provide, uh, like I said, that book valuation tool, and I, we'll get into some of the details of of the the science that's happening behind that because it's a really powerful tool. But that gives both the buyer and the seller a gut check on the value. Um, yeah. And again, uh, I say value because it's not a price, right? Like the the market sets a price and, right. and you know, if you are, you could have an incredibly valuable book, but if you only find one buyer, uh, there's not a lot of competition there, right? Like yeah. there's a, the, there's value and there's price. And then if you've got 10 folks arguing over it uh, and driving it up, that's different. Right. So, but our valuation tool gives you a gut check of, of really what we expect that thing to transact for. And it's a range. Um, so there's some, you know, uh, insights powered by cake, but largely we want the experts in the space to stay the experts in the space and be the connectivity platform that allows for buyers and sellers to access those when they need them. So what cake does is we allow you to list its anonymous listings, right? So we've heard from, from sellers that, uh, you don't want Adam Bow is selling, you know, until it's deeper in that transaction, yeah, yeah. right? So it would be, you know, cake seller one, two, three is my username. And that's my, my book data is up there. Then you engage with buyers in our private chat feature, allow them to, to suss out, you know, additional details around that book to make sure you're serious. And if you're serious, then we open up a deal room for you. And it's a traditional deal room used in M&A, you know, VC uh, fundraising type uh, environments. You can see 
who's seeing what documents you can yeah. give download control, right? It's a really secure platform to upload and exchange data, legal documents, et cetera. Now that's where it stops today, but what's coming very shortly is the lending was an interesting one. So we're talking to a couple of the biggest lenders in the space. And we did this at Zometry where we opened up, um, you know, some capital uh, uh, access yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're talking to a couple of the biggest lenders in the space and we're, we're talking to them about one page lending applications, but okay. take would have where we're able to capture the data around that transaction and go ahead and send that to the lenders. Cause we know the underwriting data that they need. Right. So all of that's able to happen on platform. And then you get those funds within, uh, you know, right at that transaction when you need it. And then the second piece is our escrow product and kind of on-platform transaction. So we we yanked the emergency brakes on this because to me, I I want to make sure we're very cautious that we're we're positively impacting the industry, right? And so I don't want an agent making a transaction without uh you know really understanding the full impact of that transaction. It's a yeah. large financial decision, right? So what we said, <clears throat> excuse me, was first, you know, six months or so, right? We are going to open this up for buyers and sellers to connect and provide an incredible platform for that connectivity and a lot of the services. Um, but we're also going to get really deep with our sellers and our buyers uh, in a way that we likely won't when we're at scale, right? So I'm on the phone all the time talking to the sellers that are, you know, how they're engaging with the buyers. Yeah. I'm answering questions on the buy side. And we're making sure to kind of smooth the rough edges of our platform, but also understand all of the unique pain points, right? Now, we feel like we've got a good grasp of it at this point, but we've still got probably two months or so, three months yeah. or so before we'll start beta testing that on-platform escrow product. Um, so that's that's the, the soup to nuts of the transaction. And then like you said on, uh, you know, kind of the, the advice, that's a great example of, the type of experts that we're going to plug into the transaction. So I think of it kind of like TurboTax, right? You can go and you can do a, a fully, you know, DIY TurboTax experience, right? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I can say, Hey, I want to talk to a CPA and they bring that CPA into that transaction for you. That's largely what we'll be doing with those experts as well. Oh, wow. You really thought about a lot of things here, and uh, you got a lot going on this first three or four months of being open and being going there. Um, and I love where you're at on that. I love the the partnership with Carrie. I think she's fantastic. Um, and you know, I, I noticed, you know, back when I was, you know, active in, in a lot of this, I was, you know, um, there's the Oak Street funding, there's Live Oak, mm -hmm. some of those that they have some of those features you mentioned, being able to list and have a uh, you have a login to be able to list yourself as a buyer or a seller and they have some of that, but it sounds like you're taking that to a whole nother level. Um, and that cake yeah. is, you know, different and unique. And so now that you've described a little bit of that, I'd love to hear why, you know, why cake you, you mentioned, you know, the private secure deal rooms, you've mentioned some of those things, which are really, really cool. Is there any other things that really set you apart? It might, uh, I guess, call it my hard hitting question or whatever. Okay. You come from manufacturing, you come from outside the space. What makes cake the expert in understanding the valuation of a book? You know, I know you see the valuation tool, you know, what, what makes Adam Bow and his team, the place that I should go to, 
It's, yeah. Instead of going to a live oak or to a Oak Street funding. Yeah, I you know I, I think I'll never tell you that we uh, we understand a book of business better than those folks, right? What we did was say, hey, we think we bring the technology. So building a marketplace is like incredibly hard. It seems easy to say I'm going to connect buyers and sellers, right? But there, like you said, you've thought about a lot of this. It's because we built a technology platform that ultimately IPO'd and like we changed an industry, right? Like. Um, and I'm not, I hate founders that are like, we're going to change the world, right? Like my, my company is the the most important thing in the world, but I do think that we can have an incredibly impact on the, an incredible impact on this industry. So we bring the technology uh, and the, the actual chops to build this thing. And so, for example, Carrie was a great example. We met her early in our experience uh, and John, my co-founder built the tool at Zometry that could take in a CAD file right? From a NASA, a SpaceX, a BMW, not GM, you know, Jimmy's and John's and actually provide an instant price on that, that CAD file, right? So this machine learning algorithm was saying, Hey, what's the price to manufacture this thing with this metal, with this, you know, process, how many pieces, right? And give an instant price quote back that NASA could check out on. So we're, we're locked into that price, right? It's gotta be right. Then we flip it over to the manufacturer and offer that deal. And kind of the, the delta between those two is, is where we made a little bit of money. Um, so that that uh, science background, that, that technology background on being able to take in the variables that people say are important, understand the impacts, right? Um, and then build the tool that can put those insights and analytics at the fingertips of the agent that's where we stand out. Um, and then I think too, you know, you get into, it's not just buyer and seller connecting. It's not just the privacy. It's not just the valuation. It's not just the the, the facilitation of money uh, that aligns with the deal structure that, that you've created. It's all of those things. So one of those things by itself, right, is, is a great service, but all of those things together that provides the ability for an agent in that kind of small to medium agency to not have to, you know, work. Uh, I think it's, they're largely locked out of it because the service providers are focused on those middle tier, uh, you know, agencies or above uh, the $8 million, the $10 million and, and above, and they're people powered operations. So their operations are more expensive than a technology platform that's built to replicate those, right, and automate those. And so it it drags all of those existing services down and gives them, you know, it opens up the the uh the access to that to the to the industry as a whole, right? So I think what we bring is the expertise on on you know building a marketplace within a, an industry, providing some of those really unique uh, valuation tools, the deal room, the private chat, the escrow product. Uh, sure. But then also knowing where we're not going to be, uh, we don't need to build something to replace something. We're going to find those experts and bring them in. So the live oaks, the, you know, uh, the, uh, lending, the spring tree groups, right. Those types of folks, yeah. those are partners that we want to talk to and we want to, we want to bring into the platform and, and plug those in, um, you know, where our users need them. The other thing that I think is interesting is that, uh, this is probably the right time for something like this. Uh, the AMSs of the world, Vertiford, Hawksoft, Applied, um, 
you know, five years ago, right. They were kind of a walled garden and they were starting to open up. Um, but now they're, they're, they're being much more open to playing with insure techs. And so what we can do, uh, we've got our Hawksoft API integration built. It's not launched in their marketplace yet. We're actively talking to, to some of the other, uh, bigger folks. Uh, I won't name names, but you can kind of guess like who's, who's going on there. And so access to that AMS data allows yeah. for a really frictionless upload of the book and the actual analysis of like, one, how do I, you know, what should I list? What should I sell? But as a buyer, when I'm looking at a listing, how does this play into my book? So where are the one plus one equals three opportunities? That's incredible. And that's yeah. where the valuation tool, you can kind of flip it, not just to be a valuation of your book, but an analysis of that transaction, right? So those are the types of things that you'll see from us in 2024. And I haven't talked about anything that isn't on like our Q2 roadmap, right? So uh, yeah, this, is, I, this is really, you know, we move fast and build stuff, uh, but we, we've worked really hard. We didn't launch until about 18 months after we started building because we wanted to be at a place where we could start unrolling a lot of these services yeah. really quickly. I would love to see, uh, and maybe you already have this. If not, then I'll give you another great idea. But in my <laughs> in my thoughts, I would love to see like a report card. If I'm going in to buy a book mm. of business, I would love to be able to say, okay, for this line item, it's an F. It's not it's not going to fit at this valuation that they're giving you. Or for this line, it's an A+. plus. Like you did really good here. Overall, like I don't know if you do fantasy football or anything like that. but you Yeah, see it. yeah. It's like the trade the, grades, right? Yeah, the trade grades. I would love to see that. Or like I'm a big NFL or you know NBA guy and I see the trade grades. I would love to see that in that's this kinda, space. Yeah, that's kind of the analysis that I'm talking about on like the listing, right? Is like, yeah. uh, and you know, I, I think we got to be careful too because it's like just because like it, there will be really unique kind of spots sure. for us to think about because – I talked about that agent that's five years in and wants to buy a commercial book, right? Well, it's like, that's a great ad, but they also maybe don't have that carrier right now. It doesn't yeah. put them into profit sharing, right? So we've got to really work on, you know, what intelligence we we tap into that machine to say that something's good or bad, but that's the stuff that we're working on. That's the stuff we're talking to, you know, our, our industry experts that are, are rowing this boat with us. Um, and that's the stuff that we want to hear from the folks that come on the platform, right? But that's that is the type of tool where you say one plus one equals three here. This is a great buy for you, and you get an A plus, right? Or one plus one equals two. You're yeah. like, okay, that's a B. Uh, or yep. hey, man, we don't really see this strategy, and and maybe you want to talk to a carry to make sure that this is something that is is you know really smart for you, right? And and this is something you want to do, right? I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's so much there and, and I would love to see that. Cause I, I think a lot of people were, they question those transactions or they make a bad move on their own book or their own purchase. And so it just makes it, you know, um, one of those things, it's a little bit, a little bit scary, a little sus, you know, like, Oh shoot, mm -hmm. shoot, do I need this? Do I not need to do this? Uh, so I love what you guys are doing and how you come into our space to do that. Um, yeah, I, I would love to hear. I know you'd mentioned several times as I'm going through my notes here before we, because it's already flown by. Yeah, uh, yeah. Crazy. Um, you know, I would love to to get into, I know you'd mentioned the evaluation tool. Um, mm -hmm. You know, is there anything that we haven't, or anything you want to dive into deeper on that and what that is as we talk a little bit more about what Cake is and what they're doing and what you guys are doing 
yeah really you haven't touched on with the valuation tool uh, not too much. I mean, I think we we've covered a lot of it. I think I would say the the one depending on when this episode airs, right? Like we're we're a startup. We're actively churning out UI and product updates right now. The experience of the 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 book valuation tool feels like a calculator, right? And there's a couple yeah. calculators out there, but what you'll see is that when you you go to those calculators, it's like. Uh, if you go to the code on them, right, it's just like always equals times two, always equals yeah. times one. That's not what we have, right? Like I touched on my co-founder, John Clemens, uh, his background in, in building those really intelligent machine learning algorithms. Um, this thing is actively taking in uh, com- like the commission rates by carrier, by line, by state. And it's through the commission rates, the average commission rates through the independent agent channel, Right. And so yeah. this is giving you like a really good look at your locale impact, right? It's not nationwide, right? It's it's progressive homeowners in Alabama versus progressive homeowners in Minneapolis, right? Very different. And, yeah. and we take those into account, right? Yeah. Uh, and the second thing you can do is you can override our commission estimates on there. But again, it feels like a calculator experience. It's not, there's a lot of science going on in the background. And the, we're about to have kind of a UI, uh, which is a user interface uh, yeah. update to the platform uh, in January that will expose a little bit more um, of what's happening in the background. But really what I would do is I would invite everyone to to come uh, create an account, uh, test it out and and get your free valuation. And, and if you want to talk to me about it and say, hey, man, you missed the mark. Right. And and I the, think I'm yeah. valued at X, Y and Z. I'd love to have that conversation. And if you say, hey, man, uh, this is an awesome valuation. I didn't know I could get this much for it. Uh, I'd love to have that conversation and see if we couldn't get any buyers interested in it. So I I would just, it's a free tool, right? I would would encourage everyone. This is agents' largest asset. This is the thing that they will retire on. You got to know what it's worth. And uh, we want to, we think we built the tool that tells you that, but if you disagree, uh, I'm all ears and I'll meet with you at any time. Yeah. Love it. Um, you know, I, I think ever since I've heard about it and seen you guys, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you because again, I got so many things I could get into so many things I want to rabbit trail into, but just to keep things high level and, and keep things, you know, on uh, a level that we can hit through quickly, uh, we had to come back and talk deeper into some of this stuff, but you know, from a cake perspective, you know, obviously you guys just launched in September, but this has been going on for a minute now. What's, what's the team look like now? Is it you, your co-founder, you got some yeah, we've got marketing about six, people. What, what yeah. We've got about six people on the staff, right? Yeah. So we, we've brought in operations, uh, excellent, excellent operations leader. We're, we're really focused on making sure that, um, you know, this is a little bit more of a pitch to, to like investors, but I guess you also say like, Hey, they're, they're, they're trying to run this thing the right way. We're, we're making sure we're keeping costs low and service uh, that we're we're running efficiently and effectively because we want to be here for the long haul. Uh, the second piece is we've got an agent success uh, manager. So uh, Dave Lieberman is fantastic at answering just any question you have about the Cake platform, helping you onboard, helping you upload your book. He's got a list of buyers kind of right before the buyer profiles launch that if a book hits the platform, he's reaching out the, to them directly. So we're, we're working really hard on making sure that we keep that. Uh, sure. We don't want to be like a cold, you know, uh, a cold metal wall where you can't reach us. 
Um, but then myself, my co-founder, who's bringing a lot of that product and, and engineering aspect of it. Um, and then we've got some some marketing support as well. So um, you'll see us uh, really, I think, grow a little bit in Q1, but we've got the right team to to attack 2024 right now. And so now we've we just got to take the strategies we've got and, and go make it happen, you know? Now, yeah, I think it's great. Does it cost anything to join the platform as a buyer or a seller? Yeah, so right now, right. actually, no. Uh, I'm not okay. running a nonprofit, but uh, like right. I said, I viewed uh, I've, I viewed this this kind of early launch period as we we really wanted to gather feedback. So in February, when buyer profiles are are kind of active and launched, uh, buyers will pay uh, forty dollars a month, thirty nine ninety nine, to have a published profile, right, and be able to interact with with sellers. Now, some of that is that. We want to make sure buyers are serious. We have to provide a service to our yeah. sellers as well that they've got skin in the game. Um, and then sellers don't pay anything until they have a transaction. And we're actually processing that transaction on the platform. So we expect in like, it's like May or June, right? The escrow product will be out of beta. And once we have that out of beta and we're actually processing soup to nuts that that transaction, the sellers will pay a transaction fee, but only once we've put our money where our mouth is and we've helped you facilitate a transaction. And that fee can range anywhere from like one to 4%, depending on if it's a full book or if it's a fractional transaction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, I, I love to hear the growth. I love to hear what you're doing. I, I love all of this. It, there's so much, you know, uh, so I, I do have to ask you, Pretty important question. Um, are you a cake guy? Do you love cake? Oh, dude. Uh, red velvet cake and cheesecake. Those are my two things. Um, I, oof, I sit down. Right. I Right before my wedding, I had to tell my wife to stop making homemade cheesecakes because she's an incredible <laughs> baker. And she got into this like kind of process of making these homemade cheesecakes. And I was like, babe, if I'm going to fit into my tux, like you got to quit it because I, no, yeah. I got no control. Right. That's so hilarious. Uh, okay. yeah, red velvet and cheesecake. All right. So uh, you said you listened to several episodes. I don't know if you've listened to any with my drafts, but I'm a draft guy. Uh, could yeah. you do a cake? Could you do a cake draft with me if we did five rounds? Hundred percent. I'm ready. All right. Uh, I'll even give you first round because I want to see where you go. Either because I'm a red velvet guy myself. Are you gonna go cheesecake or red velvet as your first round pick? I'll I gotta go cheesecake pick. because okay. uh, it opens up uh, some options there. Right? You could have yeah. a red velvet cheesecake. You could have a you know, ah. So, okay, so you're going so cheesecake's all... a little bit more. I'm. I think unless you make me go. If I go, it's classic cheesecake. Right? Okay. Classic uh, cheesecake. But, or I'll give you the whole category top. of cheesecake. Right. I'll, I'll knock that one off my list. I got you. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have to go. Okay. My first one, I wasn't going to go here first round, but the way you're thinking cake, you might beat me to it. If I don't, my first round, I'm going Trace Leches. Oh, that's a good one, dude. Uh, dude. That's a good one. So moist. So good. All right. Well, I've got to go moist with my... on the podcast, but I just did. <laughs> um, um, I got to go with my second tier red velvet. Oh, yeah, um, you got it's it. It's the cream uh, cheese icing for me, it, right? Dude, like, well, uh, then in that case, I'm going carrot cake then because I'm a cream cheese guy myself. There you go. There you go. Carrot, carrot cake, baby. All right, third, uh, if we go five rounds, third is Italian cream cake. Oh, that's a good one, man. You got a good one. That's that's a wedding classic. I mean, yeah. that's money. Quick shout out to my mama. She makes the best <laughs> Italian cream cake in the world. 
That's hilarious. Mama, there you go. Um, good shout out there. All right. Um, my next pick, I'm trying to think here uh, as I'm making sure, because you've got you got a pretty good list. Cheesecake, red velvet, Italian cream. I'm sitting on tres leches and carrot cake. I'm going to have to go with just a good, solid, like, pound cake, mm. you know, with some of the strawberries that, you know. Um, strawberries and whipped cream. Oh, mm. yeah, dude. Um, I'm about to go with that, man. Just a good yep. old pound cake, man. Uh, All right. Weird. Dude, I've said pound and moist on an insurance <laughs> podcast. Uh, we got issues here. Don't come get me. Weird uh, uh fourth one, but a coffee cake. So like a cinnamon oh, coffee that's cake, on my list. You know, like uh yeah. yeah, but like dude, you sit down with like a good latte or coffee and uh oh. especially like Christmas morning, like yes. unbelievable. Oh, that's money, man. I love it. Um all right, I can't believe I'm, I'm gonna get a fourth round steal. I'm gonna just go to good old chocolate cake. Um, ah, that's a good one. That's just a good classic just to try to get some points back with my audience because you're killing me on this draft, but I got to get a classic chocolate cake in there. I've got to. All right. Yeah. So your last pick. Sweet tooth. Uh, my, I like ice cream cake. Oh, like a basket Robin style ice cream no, cake. So, so my, again, okay. a shout out to mama, but she takes, angel, again. Okay. she takes angel food cake and she takes uh-huh. and She pounds it into a bowl upside down and then she dumps the ice cream in the middle oh. and then freezes it, flips it over and then ices it. And so it's like pounded angel food cake with ice. It's unbelievable. Oh, flip it and reverse it. Man, yeah, that right? sounds that sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try that when I get home. I'm gonna, I am got to write that one down. All righty. I'm going to go um, with just an odd one that some people like it, some people don't. I, I happen to love it. I'm a good pineapple upside down cake kind of mm. guy. You mentioned flip it and reverse it. Yeah. I'm more pineapple upside down cake just because it's such a unique, interesting cake. Uh, but I'm going with it. That's a good one, man. Man. I think I won, though. I think you did. Um just the first three picks alone, even with the, the the wedding cake, the Italian cream. I mean, that's just, I didn't even think about that one, yeah. but everybody loves wedding cake. Yep. But I appreciate you being here with us today and I, I wish you the best. I'd love to bring you back in and, you know, give us a little update on everything and how things are going. I can't wait, man. Thanks for and having me. I look me. forward to that, that gear too. I can't wait. I got you. I got you. Yeah, buddy. All Have right. a good one, bro. See ya.